the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Put together a sheet on commodities. I get a lot of quotes, a lot of questions about commodities. And a lot of people really kind of see the speculation of them. Oil creates the illusion of completely changed life, life without work, life for free. Oil is a resource that anesthetizes thoughts, blurs visions, and corrupts. That was from one of the Shaw of Shaws. As a man who lived in the Middle East, he was kind of saying, this is good stuff. Christopher Buckley once said, oil they would buy from anyone, from Satan. (laughs) If you need your economy running, yeah, you're going to buy oil from Satan, I think. Right? Right? So oil is one of those commodities that we all kind of understand, oil and coal. Now, how do you understand the commodity corn or, you know, uh, hog, hog futures? And have you ever watched Trading Places with Eddie Murphy? There's a pretty funny line in it, and he's with Dan Aykroyd and... They basically get set up by these rich guys in a kind of a Pygmalion tale of we can trans we can transform a poor ghetto black man into a refined investment advisor. So these two old guys are playing games with these two younger guys, and uh, there's a scene in it where it's all about orange juice, and you know you could see lying and people setting each other up and such to kind of maximize gains based on weather or based on freezes or hurricanes or what have you. That's where commodities get kind of interesting because they are tied towards Mother Nature and planet Earth. You know, if you take a look at some of the big names of of commodities, you get like crude oil and natural gas and gold. Gold is used for making jewelry. 
So there's a tie into India and China. But gold is also a hedge against, it's kind of a financial standard against the dollar. I love gold! Natural gas, and we're not talking about the methane bursts, outburst of your child's you know, dairy air. We're talking about electric utilities by natural gas as an input to make electricity. The other main commodity electric utility companies use to make electricity is thermal coal, and coal is considered bad, dirty. Crude oil is used to make oil-related products like gasoline, jet diesel, and heating oil. Copper is used in building construction. So when you see the price of copper going up, maybe it's because businesses are excited. They're building buildings. Uh, electrical equipment, transportation equipment. Copper is an indicator when you see it at range in price on maybe future activity. Not always. Sometimes there's a shortage. Sometimes there's a mine that being a blows up or something like that. There's more than 50 pounds of copper in a typical U.S. automobile. Building wire and plumbing have been the two top markets in the, in the recent you know years in the United States. So building wire and plumbing... Again, when do we put plumbing in new buildings? Steel is a uh, commodity that, I, I don't know, I think it used to be more important than it is today because it's used to make skyscrapers, bridges, and amongst other big structures, right? The auto industry accounts for about 12% of it, so you could kind of look at steel and see when it, it firms in demand and when it weaks in demand that maybe it has something to do with you know the number of cars being sold or the number of skyscrapers, but steel doesn't work quite as well for me. How about some like some crazy, crazy commodities, right? We're practically giving them away. Platinum and palladium, you know what they're used for? Catalytic converters in cars. Zinc is used to coat and protect steel from corrosion. It's also real good against sunburns, right? Grains such as corn are used to feed cattle. More so than to make you Wheaties. Cattle has a big cost of refrigeration. Same thing with same thing with pork bellies. It's more expensive to freeze the pork belly than it is to raise a hog and kill it. Poor Porky. Wheat's used as feed cattle as well. Wheat's also used to make breads, baked goods, and other things. Some corn's used to make ethanol. Ethanol just got a big push in the United States again, and a lot of people hate ethanol. I know it's it's kind of a weird thing to say out loud. Soft agricultural commodities like sugar, coffee, rice, and cocoa are a little bit more straightforward, right? Coffee, obviously, when you see the price of coffee change, it could obviously clearly affect Starbucks. So a fungus in Brazil or a massive rainfall, which leads to funguses and such, could uh, kill the uh, coffee business and make the inflationary pressures hit someone like um, a Starbucks. There's a lot of commodity indexes which show inflation as commodities get more expensive. It's a cost that typically the producers have to suck up, and then they decide, do they pass it on to you or me? And that's why we we follow commodities. Now, you can follow the hard commodities. You can follow the the metals. You You can make your decisions. But you do kind of need to stay in touch with the stuff. The CRB is the most popular index. 
And again, I don't expect you to do this, but it tracks 19 commodities. It tracks aluminum, which is used in airplanes, copper, gold, wheat, silver, heating oil, orange juice, natural gas, corn, lean hog, sugar, coffee, cocoa, soybeans, oil, gasoline, cattle, and nickel. Now, there's even more commodities out there, like feeder cattle and live cattle. And you're like, my head's about to explode. And I get it. In 2016, the CRB hit a 43-year low, which was telling us there wasn't a lot of inflation just a couple years ago. And since then, we've seen the CRB move a little bit higher and creating a little bit of inflation, which means you and I have a little less money and corporations make a little less money. And not a problem yet, but looking ahead, you, you do look at commodities forecasts. The World Bank is forecasting that commodities overall will continue rising. Right? It's forecasted prices for energy, which is like oil and natural gas and coal, will rise about 4% on average. So you, you kind of want a 2 to 4%. But you see companies that sometimes have direct exposure to these commodities like ExxonMobil. If you see the price of oil surge, it's going to help ExxonMobil. If you see Barrick Gold, if you see gold prices surge, it's going to help them. Caterpillar, obviously a play in construction. Um, they want to, You want to keep an eye on farming and construction. Like if corn demand goes higher, we're going to need more John Deere tractors, more Caterpillars. So if copper goes higher, maybe it's Caterpillar is your direct play. If corn goes higher, maybe it's Deer is your stock play. So just know that like there's a lot going on. There's OPEC, there's Russia, there's China, there's the United States where we make deals to you know mow down our fields in order to you know push prices higher for farmers. Like there's crazy stuff that goes on in the commodity markets, but it's fun to watch. If you want to report on commodities, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I try to say fewer stupid things every year. I know you're saying that's good of you. That's good of you. With that being said, a uh, couple things to chit-chat about. I want to talk a little bit about oil and commodities again, just a little bit more, because we talk about commodities in a funny kind of way. Uh, what are commodities? How do commodities trade? How are they broken down in different groups? How have they been performing? Can you invest in commodities? And you can, and I would say be cautious with it. I know if you listen to people like CFP Chad Burton and others, sometimes what you'll hear is, you know, commodities should be 10% of your portfolio or tech stocks should be 4% of your, like, there's these there's these formulas that, that come out, come and go, but I find commodities very difficult. And commodities, you know, whether it be agricultural products, fuels, metals, what have you, there's no doubt 
that commodities have been around forever. And if you play some classic video games like, you know, uh, bushels of corn are kind of important in early civilizations. Some people think the futures market on trade started about 6,000 years ago with rice. Some people think that the futures trading dates back to the 17th century in Japan when rice also was out there. As Do you want to buy it now for the next year or not? So how much should we plant? You tell us. Uh, there's a CBO tea. It's a very famous uh, trading exchange in the United States where it's able to let companies hedge risk. Airlines could buy airline fuel now, lock in prices, and then figure out Okay, let's. Um, how many routes do we want? How many you know empty seats are we okay with? So that's all out there. Um, Chicago Board of, Ex- of, of of Trade, the CBOT, eighteen forty eight. Then there was something called the Merck, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. It was founded in eighteen ninety eight as the Chicago Butter and Egg Board. <laughs> Where you can lock in butter and egg prices, right? So I throw this out there because, again, there is going to be times where you start going, I want this in my portfolio. Whether it be energy commodities or metal commodities or agricultural commodities, um, I say just be cautious and be patient with yourself um, because hard assets where you actually buy a pig you actually get two hog bellies. Um, that's probably more than you can process in your head is my, my thought. Long term, it feels like stakes becoming more. It feels like all commodities are more expensive, right? It does feel that way. Um, you can get really tricky with buying commodities. There's future contracts. There's ETFs. There's ETNs, exchange-traded funds, exchange-traded notes. And um, if I was good at investing in commodities, I would tell you, I'm not. But I can tell you, like, there's fertilizer stocks like Mosaic. There's farm machinery stocks that are tied to agricultural prices, like John Deere. Monsanto for seeds. There's irrigation stocks. There's livestock like Sanderson Farms. There's crop protection companies like Monsanto or Sententa. S-Y-T. Then you get into grains. You know, you could buy, if you want to think corn's going higher, it's ticker symbol, you know, corn. It's an ETF. It's <laughs> like, really? Yes. Uh, potash and fertilizer, obviously big for agriculture. We have to have nutrients in the ground to grow what we need. Ticker symbol soil. But again, you could actually go out and buy a company called Potash if that's the way you want to do it. I tend not to recommend. There's like cement stocks. Cement's a commodity, right? Ticker symbol CX. You can go out and buy a cement stock if that's your thing. Um, and again, when worldwide demand shrinks, these guys get crushed. When worldwide demand grows, these guys are, you know, you can like home builders or solar, you know, an energy play. First Solar, Solar City, um, there's TAN, ticker symbol TAN, uh, Home Builder Stocks, if you believe in construction, Lowe's, Home Depot, Lennar, Pulte, KB Homes, Toll Brothers, NVR. So 
I tend to say avoid buying commodities or a hard asset fund unless you really know what you're doing. I've seen some amateurs get pretty crushed doing it. And um, I, I just I throw that out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. So commodities are a big issue. And again, not pushing away from it, but sometimes it's the things that you don't know, and sometimes it's the weather. But like refrigeration costs. So if electricity costs spike, that could hurt refrigeration costs of meat, of animals. And um, that's when you start getting really morbid, right? We're talking about the the eating of animals. And uh, I could just show you one area where commodities, you know, just uh, we've had a drought and farmers are having a tough time feeding their cattle. So sometimes they'll kill the cattle, kill the herd, trim the herd, curd, uh, her, curd the herd. No, not quite that. Uh, trim the herd, so to speak. And uh, what happens? Prices of meat go down. Because suddenly, if you kill more than you thought you were going to kill, awesome. There's a supply. The downside of it is next year, your herd's been thinned already. And there's fewer cows to breed and fewer cows to mate and fewer cows to love and grow your herd again. So those are real commodities. And the dollar, and this is where it gets really interesting, is when you start getting into currencies. If you think I don't like investing in commodities as an idea... Forget about it. I'd rather invest in the stocks tied towards the commodities for the same reason you want to invest in commodities. But currencies, I remember shortly after the Iraq war, if you turned on the TV, you would hear commercials that like, well, Saddam Hussein's gone and the Iraqi dinar has completely collapsed. Now may be the time to put a $25,000 investment into the Iraqi dinar and get 43 million Iraqi dinars for the low cost of $100,000 or $100, whatever it was. And people are like, I want to, I, I want to own that because, you know, as they rebuild Iraq, they're going to obviously have an economy. And if Saddam Hussein was bad and he's gone, then the DNR will bounce back. And it sounds like a great story. Do not buy currencies. The cost to buy currencies is very expensive. The cost to sell currencies is very expensive. Which again brings us back to Bitcoin. Another pseudo-currency that I don't recommend you buy because it's very tough to figure out what's going to move it. And to me, that's more like gambling when, you, when you're blind investing than anything else. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. Questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. How the Last Jedi came out last year? Star Wars Last Jedi. Guess who was angry about it? A lot of people were angry, right? Saying. Uh, not fans of the new movie. R2, it's okay, because what we're learning is the movie was actually well-liked. It just turns out that I know you're going to say, no way. 
Um, Russian trolls and bots wrote a lot of negative criticism about it. I know. Who would criticize Star Wars Last Jedi? Critics loved it. The rest of the world seemed quite divided on it. But it turns out that a lot of the negative attention was brought about by bots. And, uh, Russian bots. It's... Is it time that we kind of all hold hands and say, I I just don't know what's going on. And, like, why is this happening? And can't movie reviewers... Where's Sisk or Zebert? They're they're both dead? Um, where's the the at-the-movies guy? Oh, he's dead, too? Maybe we can get Anthony Bourdain to review the food in movies. No way he's dead, too? Well, it turns out that weaponizing the haters... The Last Jedi and strategic politicization of pop culture through social media manipulation. I don't know. It's if you take a look at the way big tech is approaching Main Street and Congress, it's it's kind of interesting because on a regular basis you're seeing Mark Zuckerberg say, "We got this." And on the other hand, you're seeing people like Tim Cook say, we do need some regulation, hopefully lightly, and hopefully we can get, you know, help you structure that. Last week, Facebook suffered the biggest hack in history, in its history. The breach was potentially huge, impacting not just Facebook profiles, but also sites where users use their Facebook credentials to log into the websites like Spotify or Tinder. Drop the the. Just Facebook says Facebook. so far that there's no evidence of third-party sites being affected. Facebook has come to dominate social logins, squeezing the likes of Yahoo and Twitter out of the market. Facebook said there's no evidence, again, that the hackers are are jumping in on it. So if you take a look at the pie chart of what services people use to log into their sites and other sites, if you were to go back eight years, seven years, people would use their Facebook credentials to log into... Like, for instance, like a Pokemon Go or something like that, 41%. Google, 31%. Yahoo was at 11.6%, Twitter at 8.3%. Now you flash seven years ahead, and Facebook has a dominating 60% share, Google, 34%, Yahoo, and Twitter immaterial. Whoa. And if this information can't be protected, it's a problem, right? You probably ordered a pizza over the phone, now you do it online. Because every business is desperate to know who its customers are. You need to create an account. It's much easier to log in using a Facebook than rather remember a whole new account name and password every time you do it. A couple Microsoft Xbox games, games like Fortnite, you could use Facebook to log into your account. So Facebook continues to be kind of like the butt of the joke. I just stop and think if I could say the word but out loud. And I was like, oh, good gosh, yes, I can. Tim Cook, Apple CEO, on the other hand, is taking a different level. He's calling for new privacy regulations. He acknowledged that getting Congress to speed up and get it done or even up to speed on the information is a challenge. Cook touted Apple's restraint in terms of collecting information on its users and said he couldn't imagine one of his successors steering the company in a different direction when it comes to user privacy in the future. So that, that's a big, pretty big debate. Again, let me tell you, be careful what you put online. Um, 
Now, again, we put too much online. I found this new feature of Siri kind of interesting. And it's kind of funny. One of the big new features for iPhones is Siri Shortcuts, which is an app that lets you write scripts for your phone. One widely shared shortcut is called Police, which records police interactions and texts a predetermined contact that you've been pulled over. So you get pulled over and you can say, hey, Siri, I'm getting pulled over. You will respect my authority. Oh, my phone just went off and says, I don't know what that means. Um, So I don't have the shortcut in my phone, but that's kind of funny, right? Once the shortcut's installed, the program pauses, music you may be playing, turns down the brightness on the phone, and turns on the do not disturb mode. It sends a quick text to predetermined contact to tell them you've been pulled over, and it starts recording everything. Um, it's pretty fascinating to me because I had two, I had, I have two brothers who are attorneys, and, you know, growing up, they would teach me crazy stuff like, if you ever get pulled over, not if you ever get pulled over, well, if you ever get pulled over, just license and insurance and nothing else. Because everything you say is kind of questions to prove you're guilty. Do you have any drinks today? Yes means you're guilty. No means later on, because I could smell it on your breath, that you're a liar who's also guilty. And there's a list of like 18 questions they're supposed to ask. Um, do you know why I pulled you over? No. You were swerving. You're not a good driver. Yes. I was swerving. <laughs> I'm not a good driver. Like, you're guilty, right? So, the American Civil Liberties, American Civil Liberties Union and others have developed apps to record and live stream encounters with the police. It seems like we're living in a crazy era where you could ask Siri to record a police interaction. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, you're, entitled, you're innocent until proven guilty. And if a police officer does something that's slightly incorrect... Um, is it the thing that gets you free? I, I don't know. I'm not smart enough in that area. But Siri, I'm getting pulled over, is now a big thing. Um, hey, Siri, set timer for 14 minutes. Okay, 14 minutes and counting. Waiting for cookies. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The stock market's given the James Bond car maker Aston Martin a frosty reception. There's some companies that it's difficult to get excited about. Does Aston Martin, which IPO'd today, do they have a web strategy? Do they have a cloud strategy? Where's the sizzle? Well, the sizzle is a beautiful vehicles that are super expensive. But, but, but does it have a cloud strategy? <laughs> like, where's the sizzle? I'm not telling you me. I went through a variety of business investment meetings uh, in the 1990s, and uh, to see you know 25 year old, 30 year old investment bankers, uh, the big thing that they would always say is, "Where's the sizzle?" It's like you know my radio show. I was talking to head of programming, and uh, he goes, "What's it about?" And I'm like, "Well, have you listened to the show?" He goes, "What's it about? What's the sizzle?" Getting people retirement. So, hopefully that just goes away. You know, I'm starting to get really scared of is Ken Fisher. He's looking very skeletal. I watch a lot of financial information, financial media. He's just like skeletor. Like I keep expecting He-Man to like uh, jump on a dinosaur behind him. I know, I know. You're saying you you've hit Star Wars, you've hit He-Man and Skeletor. What else you got in your in your pocket of tricks, Mister Black? I got something. I don't know what I got, but I got something. 
Um, other big stories of the day. Uh, let's see, Tesla. I don't think Tesla's all that great. Verizon. You're gonna start hearing more and more about 5G. And as you hear more and more about 5G, you're going to hear companies like AT&T and Verizon raising prices. It's my best guess. Looking to score a sweet discount on your iPhone XS Max? Well, you know, Verizon can do that. But Verizon, that's the story right now, like the, the upgrades. But quietly, Verizon launched residential broadband service in four markets using new 4G, 5G wireless standards. I keep in mind, I, I once went to uh, E3 and, you know, those Comdex, Comdex shows uh, in Vegas, and 3G was going to change the world. Going to change the world. And, and I guess on some levels it did, but the presentations they were showing, uh, like, look, you can download a whole movie and whatever, and it was never quite hit that fruition. 5G won't be a moneymaker for the uh, initial term. As investors begin to consider how much more disruptive the shift to 5G will be, we'll start coming up with some fun ideas. So Verizon trades at about 11 times forward earnings, and it could win a higher valuation and outperform the market if 5G turns out to be kind of sizzle. Upgrade your iPhone XS Max, not so much sizzle. Now, last, I, I've liked Verizon for a while. I like AT&T for their dividend I like Verizon for their residential services and slight, you know, a little bit more growth profile than AT&T. In last year, it's up 20%. Verizon lags behind AT&T in total company revenue, but only because AT&T has big stakes in DirecTV and now Time Warner. In the United States wireless business, Verizon is the leader with 112 postpaid connections. Ones where customers pay for usage after receiving their bills, compared to with $77 million for AT&T. online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested in more. There's a mountain I, I'm a little judgmental at times. I'll admit it. I'm very, very critical as a human being. If I order, I won't get into me and ordering and stuff like that, but let's just say I want things done right. One of the things I'm very critical on is I look at people and I go, hmm, I wonder who his, his hero is. And, you know, I, sometimes I'll watch the football games on the weekend and I'm like, wow. There's 115,000 people in Michigan. I was, doing, I was doing a little college game day, not NFL game day. I was doing a little college right there, so if you could maybe find some college game day music. No. <laughs> That's okay, Mike. Uh, busting your... Anyhow, um, I look at people and I go, I, are they focused enough on money? 
And as much as they know about two and a half men or Joe Montana or um, whatever their passion is, I'm like, do you have that same passion for your retirement? Because from age 20 to 60, you should live it up. You should enjoy life. It only goes downhill after that, right? But from 60 to 100, you have to live off stuff. So like Jamie Dimon is a person that I like enormously as an investor. His last name is D-I-M-O-N. He's someone I'll, I'll listen to. You know, I'm not saying he's right. It's, he's just someone I'll listen to when he talks about the economy. Uh, Jeff Gunlock. Awesome. Great stuff. Neil Hennessy. I had him on my TV show 10, 15 years ago when the Dow was at 12,000. He goes, I guess, so where do, you see, where do you see the markets going? Well, he goes, well, Rob, let me tell you about this, Rob. He's kind of a Dr. Phil where he kind of, he looks like Dr. Phil and he sounds like Dr. Phil. Yep. And I said, so Neil, where do you see the market? He goes, well, Rob, um, 28,000. And I was like, yeah, that's a good one. I'm like, house at 12,000. How can you say that? That's ridiculous. That's preposterous. That ain't going to happen. And he goes, well, Rob, the stock market doubles over 7.2 years. And historically speaking, if you put that out, it'll be at $28,000 in uh, eight years. And it was. And I was like, whoa. And I saw Maria Bartiromo. He once did the same thing to her. And she fell out of her seat laughing at him. Because it comes across as this, you know, kind of, he's a great guy. He's a smart guy. He's one of my favorite investors. Um, and he basically buy he buys into quants. He's very much so, it's just numbers. Don't look at companies, just look at their numbers. So you should have a list of people like Jamie Dimon and Neil Hennessy that you, you go to on occasion and, and say, here's my list. You know, one of the greatest investors of all time, CFP, Chad Burton's not on that list. Warren Buffett is. You should have a list like a Warren Buffett. What did he say? Chad says, annuities are trash. They make me want to vomit. I don't think that's going to be put in the lexicon of, it's great, a trap. of great memes or anything like that. Admiral Akbar has, it's a trap. It's a trap. I miss him and I hate J.J. Abrams for killing him. I hate him. I hate you, J.J. Abrams. Admiral Akbar. How do you explain to your children that there was a world with no Admiral Akbar in it? He's floating off somewhere in cold, dead space. He was an admiral, for the love of God. He deserved better. Anyway, I'm digressing. Sorry. Keep in mind that thing that I digress with is what makes things always more interesting. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the stocks that a lot of people are very interested in right now is GE, General Electric. And they've had problems on their balance sheets for a long time now, and they've been trying to address them. And they had a CEO who was moving kind of like a turtle. I'm a turtle. Some people believe they were prehistoric on this planet as a turtle, and they were eaten by a pterodactyl, and they were reincarnated as a human. I think most of these people are violently insane. I take a look at people who are at college game day, and I'm like, what is your future? What is your future when you're, 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 you're hanging out before a football game, eating brat and eating uh, big sausages and, and big burgers? Your future is a massive heart attack. And I, I hope you put that into your financial plan. So am I judgmental? Am I critical? Like I started the segment, I said I was. Uh-huh. 
but also I, I, I question you and I'm like really pushing you. You got to start thinking about this stuff. So you got to have a list of people that you go to or people that you like, um, you know, Warren Buffett, if you could just live the, if there was a religion and you got to be very careful because Jimmy Buffet's kind of got the whole Margaritaville religion going on. So Buffet, Jimmy Buffet, Warren Buffet, very similar sounding. You don't want to cross up those retirement messages. So Jimmy Buffet, all about calming down and relaxing in retirement. Warren Buffett, all about have enough money to live till the day you die and then maybe giving some to charity. So uh, if you want to copy that Warren Buffett, Warren Buffet quotes live by the religion, then maybe I'll start one day. I think I think Jedis were made into a religion. I think there's something like that out there. There's some group. So tying this all back together on Admiral Akbar and it's a trap in religion and everything else. Um, I don't think football should be a religion. I, I think Warren Buffett should be a religion long before football. But a lot of people live their life in the world of the, the gridiron. A hundred yards to glory and a concussion that one day will put you on the street homeless. Woo! Cheer for him. He's likely died on the field. We're not going to be happy until someone does die on the field, right? And then ESPN will say, you might want to turn away. So we're going to show this a hundred more times. He's dead on the field. And it goes back to ESPN and Disney has a problem. They're all in on sports, all in on sports. And the sports networks charge more and more money every time they renew. Until when? Always a question of the teeter-totter. So far, so good. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.